Hey, I'm WBEZ reporter Monica Eng, and I want you to think of one of your favorite foods, one that instantly transports you to a happy memory or place in your life. Maybe a favorite holiday dish or that burger near your high school. Now, imagine losing it forever. That's what happened to Nancy Rossman when Mandis the Chicken King closed 40 years ago. It was a place in Portage Park, a spot her dad used to take her to. And Mandis fried up chicken so good that it still haunts her. It was a light, crunchy, absolutely divine chicken sold in just a neighborhood joint. And it was crackly and it was crunchy. And I don't think I've ever eaten chicken that tasted like theirs. So Nancy rode into Curious City for the recipe and other Chicago favorites. For me, this is a huge challenge. Is it even possible to reconstruct a dish that hasn't been sold in Chicago for more than 40 years and get it so close that Nancy tastes flavors she hasn't experienced since her childhood? It's not like the recipes on Google. Finding old recipes is hard. So hard, I called on the help of specialists, pros, recipe bounty hunters, Monica Cass Rogers and Bill Daly. Cass Rogers writes a blog called Lost Recipes Found. Daly's a food reporter for the Chicago Tribune, our partner for this story. Here's a highlight reel of their advice. Archives first, then talk to people who know in in organizations like the Culinary Historians. A, did the restaurant really exist? Sometimes people get the names wrong. Do they have it in the right location? You can do people searches. You might find an obituary. The obituary might list next of kin. I've actually found recipes that way. Suddenly you're talking to them about, oh, your father had this restaurant 40 years ago. Do you remember this recipe? And off you go from there. Okay. Archives, former workers, next of kin. Got it. Right away, this advice gives me traction. I learned that in the early 70s, the Mandis building was taken over by a Persian restaurant called Pars Cove, which later moved to Lincoln Park. That's where I catch owner Max Pars during dinner rush. Pars says he briefly served the Mandis-style chicken in his old location, and it was a hit. On Sundays in the park, sometimes I would get maybe 150 orders. People from downtown would order, they would come pick it up. It was good fried chicken. It was good fried chicken. American-style fried chicken. So good, he served it at his Persian place. But he stopped. I got in trouble. We were advertising Mandy's chicken. The kids, they came back and they said, no, we cannot do it. Those would be the kids of the deceased owners. And it was 40 years ago. Maybe today they'd help me out. I tracked him down through their father's obits but heard back from just one, Ted Dukas. Dukas worked at Mandis as a teen, and he says I'm not the first person who's come knocking for the chicken recipe. When we had the restaurant, there were several people who wanted to buy the recipe and were willing to pay money, and my uncle and my father um, didn't want anything to do with that. Ted and his brothers still joke about opening up a restaurant one day, so he can't spill the beans, but he does offer some crumbs. I'll tell you this, it's not a complicated recipe. There were a couple things they did different. One thing I will tell you, and keep in mind, the restaurant started in the 1940s, and back in those days, when you deep fried, you used lard. Lard? Right, that explains the nice aroma Nancy remembers. Dukas also confirmed my hunch that the light crust came from a batter, 
no chance you're going to share that full secret recipe with no, me. No, unfortunately, I think I would be in big trouble if I did. It's, it's going to stay in the family for now. Ugh, back to research. My recipe pros suggested newspaper archives. And sure enough, I find old Tribune ads where Mandis boasts about a half-fried spring chicken. But where do you find a spring chicken? And what does it even mean? Spring chicken really has no meaning. That's Lee Freetime, the boss at Kugel Commission Company, where Mandis got their chickens back in the day. At that time, he says spring chicken meant a young, tender bird. But now, when chickens are full-grown at 39 days, they're all young and tender. So Freetime suggests I get a... A chicken probably weighing you know, around three pounds, which back then they'd call it a spring chicken. Next, lard. I need it from hogs raised the old way, outside, not in some factory farm. And I know just the place, Bates Farm in Kankakee County, where I get two tubs of pastured heritage breed lard. But I also have two tips from anonymous sources. The first involves vinegar, and it throws me for a loop, until I check out this online video called The World's Best Fried Chicken Recipe. Here's my vinegar here. And you're going to pour that onto the chicken. This cook offers the same tip. Soak the chicken in vinegar and water before frying. The video says it cleans the chicken. Shake that up. Want to make sure all that funk off that chicken. Get that funk off. Now that we've avoided a funky chicken, I turn to the other tip. Make a sour cream batter that sits out overnight. Weird, but okay. Along with Tribune cook Lisa Schumacher, we soak the chicken in vinegar and water, dip it in sour cream and cornstarch batter, and fry it in a pot of lard. Then we invite Nancy to taste. Mm. It's good. It's really good. I think it'd be worth making. This has a lot of the elements of what I remember. But if you had that exact fried chicken... I would say I think I could pick it out, and it's not exact. I'll admit it. I'm bummed. We blew it. We couldn't match Nancy's childhood memory. And I believe her. She knows her chicken. But even if we'd gotten the exact recipe, Bill Daly warns there can still be something missing. One thing I question about is, is people remember recipes, but they forget that time can make recipes very golden. And the recipe takes on this sort of aura that it's much more delicious, it's much tastier than maybe it really was. So sometimes, he says, hunger for a recipe is more about a hunger to be back in that special moment in time. But not always. So Nancy, if you want to hunt down those other local dishes, we've got a recipe finding guide at wbez.org slash Curious City. There's also a video of our chicken recipe and links to Monica Cass Rogers and Bill Daly's top lost and found Chicago recipes. Reporting came from me, Monica Eng, in collaboration with the Chicago Tribune. We originally broadcast this story in 2016. Curious City is supported by the Conant Family Foundation. While I have you, we want to hear from the transplants. Did you move to Chicago or the region for a job or with your family or for some other reason? If so, we want to know what you love about Chicago that you weren't expecting. Sure, most people know we have signature pizza, famous buildings, big parks. But what part of our city surprised you that you now love? 
a particular neighborhood walk or a place you'd like to explore. And yes, we know it's a friendly city, but maybe there's a tradition, a spirit, an element of the culture that you just fell in love with. To share what you love about Chicago, you can message us on Facebook or Twitter, or you can leave us a voicemail at 888-789-7752. Or if you want, you can record a voice memo on your phone and email that to us at curiouscity at wbz.org. The hotline again is 888-789-7752. And our email, curiouscity at wbez.org. Before we start the show, we here at Curious City want to let you in on a little-known fact about WBEZ. 89% of all our funding comes from community support, including contributions from curious listeners like you. If this program has changed how you see Chicago, please consider supporting this program at wbez.org curious. Thank you.